welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. And we'll be discussing football with not just me. I'm having a very special guest joining us as we break down the Jonathan Taylor stuff, the free agent running back stuff, the training camp injuries, the offseason, really it all. So much football will be discussed. So why don't we go ahead and get right on into it? Today. I'm sipping coffee. I'm talking football. I'm joined with the Ahan Rungta player profiler, one of our betting experts, the man that you need to go to if you have questions. I'm excited to have you on today, man. How you doing? Not too bad. I, I can't drink coffee right now, but at least I got my, my Poen Spring water uh, fresh off the Fantasy Football Expo. So we got <laughs> the fantasy juices flowing. I've been grinding for bets all, all offseason, but the fantasy juice is flowing as well now. So I'm ready. Poland Spring Water is what keeps not only on Rungta going, but that is today's sponsor for Wake and Take. <laughs> Poland Spring Water. Get it at your local supermarket today. <laughs> uh-huh. So, man, uh, as we do with the guests, you know, I want to get your takes on stuff that's not totally current, you know. You, you, you have some important insight on what's been going on, at least recently, even if it wasn't just yesterday. So why don't we just start things off with the biggest story of this week, and that's the Dalvin Cook and the Ezekiel Elliott signings. Do you have any takeaways from these guys? Absolutely. It Well, for starters, all offseason, I've been uh, – if, if you uh, follow me on Twitter – uh, or if you were at the expo where I said this on a mic in front of hundreds of people, I'm a professional hater. Uh, so I've been spending the off season not just talking about the guys I like, but obviously if you're going to back some guys, you got to fade some guys. Um, and I've been yeah. uh, clamoring for the fade Ramondre Stevenson trade. Um, and as a Patriots fan, it's not been easy, um, but we know Bill Belichick by now, or at least I thought we knew Bill Belichick by now is – he wants a running back by committee. He will draft running backs. He won't play them enough. Kevin Harris is good, but he doesn't realize that. Um, yeah. And he will sign guys like Zeke Elliott. And as soon as I saw the Zeke Elliott is working out for the Patriots news, I was like, as a Patriots fan, I hate my life and the sport is stupid. But as as a fantasy manager, I want some Zeke Elliott just in case. Uh, we drafted at the Fantasy Football Expo. I got Zeke Elliott. He hadn't signed with anybody yet. Um, and the, the gamble paid off there um, because Ramondre Stevenson wasn't a workhorse in college, wasn't a big pass catcher in college, very good on the field in the NFL, but it's Bill Belichick. We know he will, if he sees a window of opportunity for someone to, to goal line snipe, he will take it. And what has he been doing the last couple of years, taking away goal line touches from Tony Pollard, by the way, Tony Pollard RB one season is here, but Zeke Elliott's going to take away these goal line touches and possibly some of the pass catching work as well. So all my worries for Ramondre Stevenson have now been confirmed. Um, yeah. And now his price will drop and maybe he'll become affordable. Uh, but I would take some Zeke Elliott in best ball. Um, so that's my take on the Patriots backfield. Yeah. I like, I, I mean, I, I think I'm with you there. You know, I, I understand that Ezekiel Elliott's going to be taking away some touchdowns. And I'm definitely excited for the value drop for Ramondre Stevenson. I do have 0% exposure to him. It wasn't necessarily that I was fading. It's just that I didn't necessarily like the cost either. 
Um, so I'm excited to maybe get some of him. He still will get the pass catching work, in my opinion, even as you said, he didn't really do it in college. He's just shown enough of, that, of it at the NFL level to where I think he can do it. And in my opinion, too, out of the free agent running backs that were out there, the big named ones, Zeke Elliott was probably best case scenario. Would you would you agree with me there? For the Patriots, uh, yeah, probably. For the Patriots, for Ramadre Stevenson, both, I think, probably yes, just because I guess we'll talk about Dalvin Cook in a minute. But Dalvin yeah. Cook last year was actually, you know, in the in that good Vikings offense. He wasn't necessarily the most efficient, but he was there and yeah. he he was relevant. He's still a solid football player, and I don't know if we can say that about Zeke, because um, Zeke just, you know, you've been through injuries or whatnot, but he's just not been efficient. Um, and Tony Pollard's clearly been the much, much better running back there. Um, but Dalvin Cook, it it does hurt my Brees Hall exposure because I thought we were getting a great discount on Brees Hall because, uh, you know, yeah. coming off the ACL, this is one of the great prospects of our generation. Uh, you know, we had player profile have been saying for a long time, this is Jonathan Taylor version two. Um, and here we have Dalvin Cook, who was relevant quite a bit in the fantasy scene last year. Yeah. Um, he's going to take away touches all over the field from Brees Hall. Yeah. So not only am I not excited about the Jets as a team, I'm just not excited about ownership of any of these dudes. Um, and in best ball, uh, I'm, I, I think I don't like owning my own handcuff, but in best ball, it's certainly fine to have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. I see some teams with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. And I think those teams are still fine. Um, yeah. it's, it's worrisome from a, from a regular league standpoint. Yeah, this whole Jets offense, as you brought up, it's really tough to get a piece of any of it. It's kind of reminded me of like the Broncos last year where everyone just is expecting everyone to be really good and is just pricing it in. When uh, to me and to you and to many smart fantasy football managers, you've got to see it happen first. And so I'm like you, I'm uncomfortable at really all of these ADPs. I feel like there's just a better option for the most part. Could they pan out? Yes. Will they? Probably. But can I say for certainty? Definitely not. And it, it's, I, I'm, it's tough. I do still think though, in terms of Brees Hall, in terms of the Dalvin Cook thing, has Dalvin Cook seen an increase in ADP, hasn't he? With he just definitely not, has over the last few days. Yeah, yeah. So it's – I don't know if that was really deserving. I feel like he basically should have stayed level because he was already going in like the eighth round without being on a team, and I think that's fair. Brees Hall dropping a bit, also a little fair. I think both will probably be fine. Like you said, I like the teams with both of them. I think that will work out pretty well. But do you – I mean, like, like you said, Brees Hall is one of the best – prospects of our generation i mean he should still be efficient enough even with the limited snap share right which is why i'm fine with like i'm I'm taking the dip on Brees hall if he's yeah. going to dip over the next few days in best ball specifically because yeah. if he gets any red zone touches at any point he's going to be efficient like we saw what he did in that game where he tore his acl he was he had two touchdowns in the first half and all was good in the world until the, that 10 minute span where five of my scott fishbowl players got hurt in a span of 10 minutes, one of which was Brees Hall. So, yeah. That was a rough week for me too, man. I had not – I literally traded for Brees Hall that Sunday morning. And I, like, I saw the two touchdowns. I was like, yes! It's all working out, baby! And then, like, nope. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that's fantasy football. That's why we like it. Let's go ahead and move on to just the rest of the free agent running backs that are available. 
just some speculation. You don't even have to talk about what you're expecting. What just just some speculation. Throw it out there. Well, the 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 elephant in the room has to be uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Um, well, the one elephant in the room has to be the Minnesota Vikings. The other elephant in the room has to be Kareem Hunt. But I'm combining it into one because I think the Minnesota Vikings will sign Kareem Hunt. Um, another name I've been clamoring to fade all offseason long is Alexander Madison. He yep. we ha- we have seen him be good when he's on the field, when he has to take over that role for Dalvin Cook. Uh, That does not always translate to taking over the workhorse role for a full season. And in my opinion, he is not capable of that. Uh, I said this on Twitter. uh, I got attacked for it. I later found out that the the man who was attacked me for it was Alexander Madison's father. So I'm sorry, um, but I'm a fantasy football account. He's a great player when, when he's getting those touches. But it's a full season. I don't want to see him get hurt, right? Like, look, no. this, is, this is what I'm trying to say. And too uh, efficient to, 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 to maximize his efficiency, the Vikings uh, will probably add to that backfield. They've been looking all over the place for running backs, not just signing a relevant player like Kareem Hunt, but they've been looking all over the field, landing, uh, uh, landing, uh, or working out guys who haven't played in the NFL recently. So they clearly realize that's a, that's an area of need, and I think they'll end up signing Kareem Hunt. So in this in this draft where I took Zeke Elliott, I also took Kareem Hunt, uh, just because I was. I mean, it's it's fun to troll in a live draft, but also I do see the upside if he lands with the Vikings um, in that offense, which should still be pass heavy. He should catch a lot of passes out of the backfield if that does happen. Uh, so that's my landing spot for him. And then the other guy is Leonard Fournette, who was quietly the running back 12 last year, um, but he's been through a lot with the injuries, especially the foot. Um, you saw all those kinds of memes about his foot, like how it's barbecue chicken. But he, he seems pretty confident on Twitter that he can still play. Um, and I'm never one to you know talk about people players as tweets and use that as, as a narrative, unless it agrees with my narrative, of course. And my narrative is that if Leonard Fournette does land with a decent offense – he can be a best ball man. It's kind of like Zeke going to the Patriots where he takes away those goal line touches. Leonard Fournette is still experienced, can still play, um, and he'll probably land with some team, just maybe not an ideal team. Like, what if Jonathan Taylor uh, just doesn't play? Uh, like, yeah. is that potentially a landing spot for Leonard Fournette? It's ugly, but it yeah. could happen. Yeah, and we'll talk about Jonathan Taylor here in a second. I want to first backtrack to the Vikings. With you 100%, I think Alexander Madison's an easy fade. I mean, even if they don't bring in anyone. But again, they they weren't paying Alexander Madison enough. It's an average of $3 million a year. It's not enough for them to truly commit to him. And it's also leaving money on the table. They didn't have to pay Dalvin Cook. He's gone now. They're, that money is there. So it makes a ton of sense for them to bring in another running back. And Kareem Hunt on the Vikings sounds pretty sweet. It really, really does. Uh, in terms of Fournette, one landing spot that I keep in the back of my head, I, I honestly don't know why I keep thinking this, but I just truly firmly believe it's going to be the Chargers. It's like a total left left field team, but it like just keeps speaking to me. Leonard Fournette on the Chargers, maybe a midseason thing, but like coming in from behind is, uh, Austin Eckler every once in a while. That that That's the one I'm looking into. But you brought up Jonathan Taylor, who had an update on his little holdout, his injury, whatever the hell is going on with this man. And yesterday, Adam Schefter tweeted out, after returning to Indianapolis on Monday, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor now has left again due to a personal matter. His absence is excused. 
Is this Calvin Ridley again? I, I hope not, just because, I mean, I don't, I don't want to wish ill on on anybody's mental health, but clearly right. clearly it's a concern, and do we know if it has to do with with uh, the, the money? Uh, I don't know, uh, but it's certainly concerning. It's a running back. We all know that the running backs have not been treated the most kindly on the market uh, this season, and it makes sense. Like, this, this is not a running back's league right now, and from a business standpoint – I didn't want even my Patriots paying six million for Zeke Elliott. Like I, even yeah. that, I think like I was complaining about that. Um, so it's understandable that running backs uh, are going to be an iffy situation um, going forward. And it also circles back to something that our uh, uh, the Podfather mentioned on Mine Mansion yesterday with Dave Kluge, which was zero RB is a new hero RB, and there's a reason you're seeing such a such a shift in that is because. Why take risks on elite running backs early when you can just get your hero in the it, you know in the late rounds? Um, yeah. And it's a reason I have not been taking Jonathan Taylor at price early, but yeah. also I'm seeing some second and third round Jonathan Taylor, and when I see that, I'm clicking the button because if he plays, yeah, alongside Anthony Richardson, the ceiling is unreal. Yeah, I think I'm more of I think I'm more on the third round side, depending on who's around. Do you are, see? I'm in the camp that Anthony Richardson does limit Jonathan Taylor's ceiling. Are you at all worried about that, or are you kind of able to look past that? I, I think I'm able to look past that just because I I'm not a believer in Anthony Richardson as a passer in year one. I think the ceiling is obviously there. Uh, I mean, we saw it with Lamar Jackson. It, it's not a perfect comp because Lamar Jackson was a better passer in college, but it's. I could see a leap later on in Anthony Richardson's career. I don't see it in 2023 where he's immediately a good passer. And I think teams will very quickly learn that you want to stop Anthony Richardson from running, which could open up lanes for Jonathan Taylor. So I don't know the exact, it's hard to know the exact splits with a, with a rookie, uh, with a rookie quarterback uh, running, especially Uh, it's hard to see that because it's such a random variable. Um, but I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor. If I get him like late second round onwards, I'm pushing the button because that usually means I've taken an elite wide receiver or Travis Kelsey in the first round. And I'm fine with the ceiling of Jonathan Taylor at that price. Definitely. And before we move on from him, you're buying Jonathan Taylor in dynasty and redraft in general. Like, are you sending out offers where you can? Absolutely. I mean, I've talked to Brees Hall for so long, um, and I, every time I talk about Brees Hall, I say Jonathan Taylor 2.0, or Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor 1.0. Uh, <laughs> very good, um, and in an offense where it's it's going to be a lot of run, it's going to be a lot of ugly, and they're going to be behind a lot. If he plays, he's going to catch passes, he's going to score touchdowns, he's going to do, he's going to be a top five running back if he plays a full season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, even if it's not the Colts, even if he ends up somewhere else, he's just a premier talent. You can definitely capitalize on the on the uh, trepidation right now that a lot of Jonathan Taylor owners have for sure. So I believe actually, wait, just one quick storyline that actually of just overall rookie quarterbacks are all starting week one, the big three, at least. This is probably the first time it's happened. You know, normally there's a little bit of a of a, of a waiting period before this, but all three of these guys really projected to be elite talents. Are you excited to see this? Do you have any thoughts on these quarterbacks in general? Yeah, my thoughts are that my best ball teams early in the offseason with Gardner Minshew were sad because uh, I <laughs> definitely thought Anthony Richardson would be sitting. And we all know that Gardner Minshew is probably going to, uh, you know, 
Anthony Richardson's going to get a little banged up. Uh, Gardner Minshew is going to start in, what, week eight? I don't even know if that's their buy or not. I'm just saying a number. Gar- yeah. Gardner Minshew will start week eight. He'll throw four touchdowns. He'll start week nine. He'll suck. And then week 10, Anthony Richardson will be back, and everything will be back to normal. But <laughs> that one week of Gardner Minshew, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Who's your rookie quarterback one? Uh, so for for fantasy this season, I, I'm not going to overthink it. For the rushing upside, my rookie quarterback one is Anthony Richardson. Uh, I did not have him as a top three quarterback by talent in the draft. Um, oh. But the, for fantasy, I mean, there's a reason his price is QB 12. I'm not taking him at QB 12. I think Billy Muzi also said this. QB 12 is kind of crazy. Because uh, if, if you assume, if you run the numbers, which – Dario Ofstede Analytics has been doing the numbers all offseason. Well, look at their projections. If you assume that you get a ceiling outcome from Anthony Richardson where he is a decent passer and he is playing at a high pace and he's reaching his rushing ceiling, you look at the history of what rushing quarterbacks have done, even if he hits that ceiling outcome, it's probably more of a QB 50 and not a QB 12 in yeah. that sort of offense. So I'm not taking him at QB 12, but I do think he – ends up leading all quarterbacks uh, in fantasy points per game in 2023. And if you miss out on that high price tag, good for you because you're probably passing up on the right ADP. Later in rounds, uh, later in the draft, I am fine with C.J. Stroud. I see some rushing upside there with C.J. Stroud. I think he has actual weapons. I think Bryce Young also has actual weapons, but my boy Terrace Marshall, I've used his name a lot this offseason. He is hurt. He's probably going to miss the first few weeks. And there's a lot going on with with that offense in general, in addition to the fact that I think Bryce Young is undersized and has some other concerns surrounding him. C.J. Stroud, I think, is more ready for the NFL. He has multiple decent pass catchers. Robert Woods coming off a torn ACL, but he's still good uh, if healthy. Tank Dell, the hype has been rising now. The breakout finder earlier this season said Tank Dell was solid, so he should have bought in on Tank Dell earlier. Uh, Tank Dell is real good. Um, and they got another experienced guy in Dalton Schultz. So CJ Stroud is the late rookie quarterback that you want. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I don't I can't think of a single really negative on CJ Stroud this year, besides the fact he had a rough preseason start. But that's just what it is for a rookie quarterback. You know, if someone got worried, I'd be buying him. I mean, you mentioned all the players too, but a fantastic coaching staff behind him too. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's changing that culture. You've got a Shanahan tree offensive coordinator and Bobby Slawick. It's like, I mean, like, I, what else do you want, guys? What else do you want? Go get C.J. Stroud. Go get C.J. Stroud. So the training camps right now, especially yesterday, we're on to the current news, has been brutal. We had injuries to Traylon Burks, Russell Gage, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, probably more. Oh, Jordan Addison landed on concussion protocol. We'll talk about the big ones. Uh, we'll start things off with Jamison Williams as it came out this morning that the hamstring injury will be keeping him out for the entire preseason for the entire for the entire preseason um he'll be fine of course by the time he returns from suspension in week seven uh but are you starting to get concerned i mean i know here player profiler especially the pod father deeming him a bust already are you on that side i I, i'm not i'm not a big guy you know a great player in college who has been dealt tough cards uh early in his career is a bust train quite yet um i Reserve the the word bust for guys like Romeo Dubs, but um, I'm sorry, had to. <laughs> um, but uh, 
obviously, uh, you know, for fantasy, I haven't really drafted Mo James and Williams this offseason at all, um, just because in that offense, I don't think we need to overcomplicate it with Amon Rasane Brown. Um, and I think something that me and the Podfather are on the same page of is Amon Rasane Brown is he's my 103 he's the podfather is 103 he's player profiler is 107 uh in the projections but i'm taking amon rasane brown a lot in the first round if i have the that little icky middle of the first round spot i don't think we need to overcomplicate that offense much they are still sticking with these two running backs that provide slightly different skill sets um and people are taking jameer gibbs high for good reason he was drafted early draft capital for a running back like that is 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 prime right He's going to get his. David Montgomery is going to get his his uh, touchdowns, taking over the Jamal Williams role. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not interested in Jameson Williams. You saw they tried to ramp him back up very, very slowly. I think first week back he got like nine routes last year. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be very relevant in 2023. Just uh, I'll just say it. If you're in deep leagues and someone dropped him uh, – because they want players who play now. You can maybe pick him up closer to his return and hope for a spike week against a bad defense. Um, but unless unless he faces a broken play this season, I don't think he's scoring many fantasy points. Um, and it's just sad to say I will buy the dip on him in Dynasty because uh, yeah. I think if healthy, he's a good player, and I, I believe in him as a talent. Uh, but for the Lions, keep it simple. Draft your David Montgomery. Draft your Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. Okay. I see. I'm on the Jamison Williams hype train. I think he can produce this year. He's one of my most owned players in best ball formats because I don't have to think about it. And I do like the upside that you can get in the 10th and 11th round with him. But I mean, I do see all the concerns uh, and, you know, the dropped passes, the only one touchdown and one catch last year. I mean, there, and, and of course, how much targets Monroe St. Brown takes. So it's definitely reasonable. It really just comes down to how much risk can you take? Um, so let's go ahead and talk about now uh, Traylon Burks, who avoided the worst-case scenario. He was carted off yesterday with a knee injury. He uh, sprained his LCL, is only expected to be out a few weeks, probably will miss like week one, maybe week two. You still in on him, or were you in on him? I wasn't uh, a big Traylon Burks um, 2023 redraft fantasy guy, uh, but I was a bit, I'm a big guy on him on Dynasty, just because yeah. Dynasty, you – Look, you see elite talent, take elite talent on your team. It's not that complicated. Mm -hmm. But for redraft, you have to think about what, what kind of game scripts will they land? What kind of, um, you know, what what will the quarterback situation be? And that was in question for a while with, with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and then they draft Will Levis, and then you're like, okay, Ryan Tannehill is going to start. Uh, and then they go ahead and sign DeAndre Hopkins a few weeks after I tweet, DeAndre Hopkins post-injuries, age 31 is still better than Gabe Davis. Um and DeAndre Hopkins, he can still play. Uh, look at his stats from last season. Uh, yeah. He still earned 29% target share, number four in the NFL with Marquise Brown around. Uh, number 17 in yards per route run. Uh, number four in route win rate. That was 30-year-old DeAndre Hopkins. He can still play. People are drawing parallels to former wide receivers just like finishing up their career and being terrible in Tennessee. I don't see it because none of those wide receivers were really, really good the previous season. Um, and that's the case with DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm all in on DeAndre Hopkins, um, which is weird to say for a run-first offense like this. But I think the Titans will be behind a lot. Um, they're not going to 
they're not just going to play every game ahead like they often have the last couple of years uh, in a tough division. Uh, they're going to face the Jags twice, and I think they're going to play from behind in both games. Uh, so um, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins, and that's probably the only uh, the only wide receiver that you know, or the only pass catcher in that offense that I'm just like obviously taking a lot of. Uh, there's another guy in that offense who is quietly, or not quietly, but pretty good. And for some reason, his ADP has dropped because of DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't get the big drop. Mm-hmm. He started off the offseason as the, the tight end 12 off the board in underdog. Now he's a tight end 16. Chica Conquo at tight end 16 is fantastic value to me, uh, just because half PPR, right? He's going to get those short yardage uh, plays just because he's so good after the catch. Uh, yeah. You want premium athletic profiles at tight end uh like this just if you blindly do that in dynasty and redraft you'll probably be successful because once you miss out on the travis kelsey and mark andrews like you're not going for like what what do you do if you go for athletic or non-athletic profiles in good situations you end with jake ferguson what do you do if you just chase athletic talent you land guys like evan engram who was a steal last year you yeah. land got the chigaconquo so i'm all in on chigaconquo is this tight end yeah. 16 price because i think he's going to have several weeks where he's a top 10 tight end definitely i'm with you there i love the athleticism for chickaconquo and i love the usage too i mean in college he was used out of the backfield to run some to run sometimes i mean we can maybe see that in tennessee he's all over the place and finally the worst news from yesterday was that russell gage is out for the season with a knee injury i don't think they've come out to say if it was acl mcl lcl or whatever but just out for season with a knee injury Obviously sort of buried on the depth chart, kind of a darling more so last year in terms of value and people are staying away from the Bucks offense anyway. So really just want to say sorry to Russell Gage. Maybe, maybe we're taking a chance on some Trey Palmer. Absolutely. Trey Palmer yep. is not bad. Um, yep. And uh, as much as it may sound boring to say, uh, Chris Godwin is going to have some wide receiver one week. I'm just saying it now. When when it happens, don't be annoyed that he's not on your team because he's going to have wide receiver one weeks. This team is not good. Uh, and Baker Mayfield will want to heave to Mike Evans. And I think people are in on that Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans connection. But like when someone's wide open 10 yards down the field and he makes the catch and then he does that five more times in a game, that's like seven, eight fantasy points yep. right there yep. in garbage time alone. Um, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the week, you're like, wait, Chris Godwin was a wide receiver 10? Uh, and then you're annoyed. So don't be annoyed then. Take Chris Godwin now uh, in redraft because Kate Otten, I I like the man. I liked him as a prospect, but he did not look good last year at all when he did yeah. get his when he did get his shot. Uh, Trey Palmer is solid, but he's still a rookie. Mike Evans has dealt with a lot on his body over the last few years. And – I'm not a big translate Vegas lines to fantasy football production guy because I'm not a big, you know, just translated blindly guy, but it is noteworthy that Mike Evans is going for a streak of a thousand yard receiving seasons. And the Vegas line for Mike Evans receiving yards has kept going down and is now below 950. So it is noteworthy that Vegas thinks that Mike Evans is not going to get to those 1000 yards. Draft Chris Godwin. Yeah. Trap Chris Godwin. I mean, there's tons of value to be found in the Bucks offense. It's the opposite of the Jets, really, where everyone's projecting them to be bad. And so you can get them for cheap as opposed to the Jets where everyone wants them to be good. Uh, and they're expensive. So, uh-huh. 
We've talked about injuries. We've talked about some recent news. I want to just give you a little bit of a chance to talk about what you've got going on. First thing you wanted to, you know, give me a little bit of a now versus then kind of thing. Uh, how you've been, how you're looking at some players now, how you were looking at them early in the off season. Why don't you tell the audience uh, what you've been up to? So things that I've done that are already up on uh, player profiler is uh, I dropped four uh, NFL regular season uh, best bets uh, for teams, you know, over-unders on wins, one division bet. Um, and it was dropped in article form a month ago. And most of those lines you can still get at exactly that same price um, now. And yesterday, a video version came out as well, just in case my voice is so soothing to you that you want to hear more of it. You can listen to the video version, okay? It's there uh, on the Player Profiler YouTube. Um, and the biggest bet, I'll just say it if, in case you haven't seen yet, my biggest preseason bet of the year is New York Jets under nine and a half wins. I couldn't believe that was plus money. Um, and you mentioned the Broncos. I don't know if, uh, Jason, you've been seeing my tweets or you've been uh, reading my content, um, but I, I'm pretty sure I started off the video with these are – the Denver Broncos of 2023. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I, other than Garrett Wilson, I pretty much don't believe in anybody on that offense. Uh, obviously, Brees Hall, but how much running backs don't matter that much for yeah. team wins in the regular season. Other than Garrett Wilson, I am not a huge believer in that offense. Uh, that defense is going to keep them in games. It's going to win them maybe. That defense alone is going to single-handedly win them seven games. But I think 10 is a very high bar uh, in a good division, probably outside my Patriots. You know, the Dolphins and Bills are both very, very good. Um, and I think the floor for this Jets team is fourth place. Uh, I, and I think realistically they're third, they're a third place team. Uh, so that's my biggest uh, bet of the season. And the other one that uh, I want to talk about is I dropped another article, which was three Super Bowl bets. The Chiefs are the favorites plus 600. Makes sense. They're rightfully yeah. the favorites. I never take chalk. Uh, last year, the Chiefs were kind of chalky, and I waited till the playoffs to bet them every single game. That worked out. That's better value than taking them plus 600 before anything happens. Yeah. Um, but the chalkiest thing I did place, you know, I placed some two long shots, but I saw the Bengals at plus 1,100, and I was like, this could very well be the most well-rounded team in the NFL when it's all said and done. Um, yeah. And... I saw that they were plus 1,100. I saw the Eagles were shorter than them. The 49ers were shorter than them. And, of course, the Chiefs were shorter than them. And the Bills were shorter than them. And I'm like, I see the Bengals possibly getting revenge on the Chiefs. I think yeah. the Bengals are still more well-built for the playoffs than the Bills. Um, so why not take plus 1,100 on them? Then Joe Burrow gets hurt. And then Vegas gives you a, gives you a little, little sign. How long has it been since Joe Burrow got hurt? Take a look at that line. It's still plus 1,100. So Vegas doesn't think that Joe Burrow is in deep, deep trouble. Um, so maybe a sign that he will either be ready for week one or, you know, it won't be too affected. Uh, I think he'll play at most by week three. You know, if they go one-on-one -on -one in those two games that he doesn't play, we're fine. They're going to make the playoffs. He's going to play most of the season. Patrick Mahomes is playing the entire Super Bowl last year on one foot. Yeah. Joe Burrow, just get healthy in time for the playoffs and they can make a run. So that's – they're my – I'll just say it. The Bengals are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year, my preseason pick. Um, I'm picking them over the Chiefs. I'm picking them over the Eagles, um, and they're still plus 1,100. I love that. I love that. Let's go Bengals. I, I will always accept any bet on the Bengals <laughs> every single time. 
Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about some players that you were uh, looking at earlier in this offseason and how they're doing now? Well, uh, for starters, the draft has was a was a very fun time for me. Just a roller coaster of emotions, and it's weird if you talk to an average football fan and they they say the NFL draft was a roller coaster of emotions. It's, it's nobody's going to say that, right? But we here we take bets on the NFL draft. We hit plus twenty two hundred bets and Devon Witherspoon going number five to the Seattle Seahawks. We hit those. Yeah. Um, and uh, from a fantasy perspective as well, the NFL draft uh, is. Uh, is a huge mover usually because one uh we have the breakout finder if you haven't already downloaded the breakout finder it's what five bucks uh you go to the play store you download breakout finder and you find out how good running backs um and wide receivers are of this class um and how that might translate to fantasy uh you can see metrics um to find out what specifically they are good at for reference last year the breakout finder was very much ahead of christian watson uh, they told you that Christian Watson was real damn good. He's a big playmaker. Um, and apparently people didn't realize that because they didn't download the Breakout Finder. Um, so this year you can download the Breakout Finder. Um, there are a lot of rookies that are, you know, are polarizing. Um, a, a certain um, you know head of player profiler may or may not be very low on a certain Chargers wide receiver. But I'm personally not – I'm personally high on Quentin Johnston. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm using my airtime to say it. I, I like Quentin Johnston in 2023. Uh, the breakout finder thinks he's really good, um, and he's in perhaps the perfect landing spot. Oh, yeah. I have been dating Mike Williams all season long. I took Quentin Johnston uh, to get drafted early or you know middle of the first round um, for the NFL draft. That hit. So I'm a big advocate of spotting the, the rookie wide receivers early, the ones that are good, the ones that are bad. I think Quentin Johnston in this offense will be good in 2023. Uh, I think Zay Flowers is a very, very good player, but I think he landed in an unideal landing spot um, for his 2023 fancy value, but take all of him in dynasty. Um, and then how does this move for, you know, the rest of the public is the Bucks going back to this garbage Bucks team, Rashad White is going to be one of my heroes, maybe the number one target zero running back teams because yeah. what did they add this offseason chase Edmonds. that's it they just lost <laughs> yeah um four on the depth chart by the way <laughs> um this is coming from someone who actually thought Keyshawn vaughn was going to be decent um so rashad white's going to be my my king of zero rb this year uh baker mayfield's going to take those check downs when he needs it because he's simply going to have to like you said Trey Palmer, good, but still rookie wide receiver. Rashad White, one of, I think, still the highest receiver rating in breakout finder history, uh, which means he, in college, knows how to catch the damn passes out of the backfield. He's going to do it in volume, and he's going to sneakily have running back one week after week with those PPR scoring, uh, in that PPR scoring format. So Rashad White was probably my biggest flag plant based on what happened this offseason, uh, the fact that they got they got Baker Mayfield, who is still a top 30, run, uh, a top 32 uh, quarterback in the NFL. There are people who still disagree with this, but mm -hmm. Kyle Trask was never the answer. I'm happy they went with Baker because uh, this offense is going to score a few touchdowns every week, even if that requires garbage time, and Rashad White's going to be a huge part of that. So that's my biggest flag plan of the offseason at running back, Rashad White. I love it. I love it. I mean, hey. 
We mentioned the garbage time earlier. One of the biggest benefactors of garbage time and hurry up offenses is the pass catching running back because they just need to get some yards every single time. So, I mean, PPR formats, half PPR formats, even just regular formats. I mean, the dude's going to get used. Finally, give us one player, just one player that you want the play, the listeners to buy right now. So I tweeted about this last night and while a lot of people were asleep, granted, but I'm using my airtime to talk about the guy who his best player comp um, on player profiler is Dan Orlovsky. I tweeted about this, I think a couple of years ago uh, and Dan Orlovsky retweeted it. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and I think this year he is completely being slept on. I talked smack about Romeo Dubs uh, just a few minutes ago. Romeo Dubs is not a top four pass catcher on this team. Um, there are there are four good pass catchers, potentially four good pass catchers. I'll just say it. There are four good pass catchers on this team. None of them are Romeo Dubs. Aaron Aaron Jones, certified good player. He was just yeah. good year after year, underrated runner, and also catches passes out of the backfield. Christian Watson, among the league leaders in all kinds of efficiency metrics, explosive playmaking, and got snapped with Jordan Love last year and produced. Uh, people have this, like, I think analysts, oftentimes they're right, oftentimes they're wrong, but a lot of analysts have something in common, which is they see a player score a lot of touchdowns, they're like, I don't like that. And I don't understand this obsession with not liking players who score touchdowns. You have to look at what's sustainable and what's not. Gabe Davis scoring four touchdowns in a game is not sustainable because there are no efficiency metrics that tell you that Gabe Davis is an explosive playmaker. There are efficiency metrics that tell you Christian Watson is built to be in the red zone and to catch passes in the red zone. Christian Watson it can continue this touchdown production. Then two players they drafted. I appreciate those sound effects. When I get a sound effect, it's just the happiest feeling in the world. <laughs> but I'm glad you saved it for Christian Watson. There are two pass catchers that the Green Bay Packers drafted who are potentially real good. Yeah. Jaden Reed, they spent a second-round draft pick on him. Go download the Break I Finder and see where Jaden Reed ranks. Spoiler alert, he's higher than Zay Flowers. Wow. Uh, so Jaden Reed is potentially a really good player. Many comps to Stephon Diggs. Obviously, he's not going to be Stephon Diggs. He's not going to produce like Stephon Diggs for a while. But the the, the talent is there. And then a second round tight end. What did I just say about chasing tight end profiles? I'm not saying that Luke Musgrave is going to be a tight end one in 2023 because rookie tight ends just don't do that often. But he helps this pass catching world. Definitely. He's throwing to all these dudes. By Jordan Love, he's the only quarterback being drafted outside of the top 15 who has potentially four good pass catchers and who's going to be the starter all year. He's being drafted as the QB 15 or QB 20 on underdog, and I think he has top 13, 14 upside, especially if he rushes just a little bit. Give me 20 yards a game rushing, top 13 quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the Jordan Love hype right now, especially, I mean, you're seeing all these clips from camp. I mean, in college, you know, he had a lot of interceptions, but he was not afraid to sling it. He led his conference in yards per attempt every single year. <laughs> and uh, so that bodes well for these pass catchers. And for the offense in general, I really don't think it's going to be as slow as people are expecting. Last year's Packers with Dusty Aaron Rodgers were slow. With now the young and improved Jordan Love, they're going to be speedy. They're going to be throwing the ball. And I think it really could be electric, especially towards the end of the season as they start to get their sea legs. Now, let's go ahead. We have a few questions in the chat before I get you out of here. I want to check them out. 
And the first one was it was specifically at you. They want to get a pants a Pats fans take on Malik Cunningham. I made people mad on Twitter when I said this, and I'll make people mad on air when I'm saying this. Malik Cunningham is the QB two of this team. I hope Bill Belichick realizes this. Bailey Zappi is not good. Uh, hey. I, <laughs> I, I I've I've said this on air before. Bailey Zappi is not good. He's hey. not. In- Malik Cunningham is the QB two on this team after uh, after Mac Jones. I want to see some Jacoby Brissett packages from uh, Malik Cunningham in the red zone. I want to see it. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. I don't know. I think it could happen. If any coach is going to do something on his way out of the league that's a little bit weird, it's going to be Bill Belichick starting the two quarterback system. <laughs> <laughs> And we've got another Patriots player question. 12-team PPR. They have Ramondre, and they were offered Zeke and Cordero Patterson. I would say I would not do this. I'm a big Cordero guy. Offered Zeke for Cordero Patterson. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Probably do that. Probably do that. Yeah. 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 When, when, when you have a player who's, who's going to score seven touchdowns for absolutely no reason, you got to do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, I mean, Cordero maybe has a little bit more usage potential, but getting that handcuff to Ramondre and probably more touchdowns going Zeke's way for sure. Javante Williams and Jamison Williams were traded for Brees Hall. How do you feel about that? I like it. I'm not a big Javante guy. Uh, they drafted Samaje – or not drafted. Uh, they 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 acquired Samaje Ryan for a reason. Is because those running back injuries, the, the type that he just had, are scary – uh, and Jameson Williams could ver- – there's a high probability that Jameson Williams is completely fantasy irrelevant in 2023. Get that upside with Brees Hall. I love it. Yep, definitely great move. And the last question on here is Kyler Worth an early 24 first in Dynasty. Assuming a super flex, yes. Single QB, I might hold on to that pick given the players that are coming out. Completely on the same page. You're the trade god anyway. There is a, a page called playerprofiler.com slash trade-analyzer. Uh, and you yes. can set settings uh, for the league to find out if that's a fair trade or not. These uh, projections are updated very regularly. These dyna- dynasty values are updated very regularly. Billy Muzio and Dario Ofstein work hard. Uh, I've seen them them not comb their hair for like a week or, or a month, but I've seen them do the projections, look at the projections every morning. So they, they are regularly updated, I believe, in the trade analyzer. Definitely. They are. They are. And they do fantastic, fantastic work over there, as does the rest of the player profiler team, as do you, Ahan. Thank you so much for joining me today. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people where they can find you and maybe about a show that you're hosting? Yeah, so uh, I'll be on uh, uh, Twitter at Ahan Rangte, like basically 24-7. Um, I'll be posting fantasy football takes like I did last night with Jordan Love, but uh, more specifically, I'll be doing betting content. Uh, I've been grinding to, you know, looking at these these player profile projections, but also making my own um, over the entire offseason. Um, there are projections on underdog fantasy for pickums uh, for the NFL season, and you can compare them with sports books. Um, and you could uh, join Underdog if you haven't already. Uh, I believe we have a uh, promo code for that that's going to be advertised more regularly going forward because I am potentially uh, starting a show uh, with another member of Player Profiler who will announce that himself later um, to talk about Underdog Pickens every week. If you're in a state that cannot bet on football, that's fine because you might have Underdog available. Uh, And Underdog Pickem entries are awesome because you could combine – 
things in the same game, same things not in the same game, uh, and get some good value on potentially slower lines than the sports books. Uh, and uh, it's a great way to get in on this player prop action um, without having to gamble, um, in, you know, in the way that others do. Um, and the first show will be before the season starts, and we'll be constructing uh, an entry for the full season. Uh, so f- futures right. as like a Josh Allen rushing touchdowns on the full season. I think that that line yeah. is set at seven, something like that. Um, so all this work is coming to fruition, and we will be hosting a, a show twice a week um, to talk about weekly underdog pickums, as well as uh, I will be releasing my own betting content on playerprofiler.com slash articles, along with some video content for those who cannot get enough of my face. Yep. If you like money, you need to be following uh, on Rongta. Genuinely some fantastic, fantastic picks sent out all year long. And then make sure you tune into that show as well. And you mentioned the underdog promo. I do believe it is Underworld. And I believe it is a first deposit match of up to $100. So go use that, people. Listeners, Ahan, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone have a fantastic Thursday. I hope to see you all tonight on Trade Gods at 8 p.m. Have a good one. Peace.